Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Happy Friday, Alyssa. Happy Friday, Taylor. We made it through another week. We have, unlike Claire and Dale. <laughs> I'm so Thank proud you. of your That's transition. It. I'm done. Wow. I'm actually going to stop. That's the episode. <laughs> wow. It was, I'm so glad. Listen, we knew this was coming, but it really happened in quite a big firestorm yesterday in a way that was really satisfying to the cruelest parts of me in general, which is what The Bachelor is, which we'll talk about later with this week's episode too. But like... Wow, it seems it seems like a um a, another Chriselle situation. Am I right that that Claire feels she's like sort of announcing being kind of blindsided or just <laughs> admitting to being dumped? Yes, uh, which I very which is the best version of these kinds of breakups. But I also wonder, like, did Dale try to tell her over and over again that he did not want to be in the relationship anymore, and sort of just forced his hand? I I, I can see a version where yeah. Claire was just like. We're working on this. We love each other. And he's like, no, yes. I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> no, we're broken up. We've been broken up. I wonder, yeah, if this if this Instagram post that she says caught her by surprise was exactly what you're saying. If there's been, because all of the sources of people who are close to them say that they've been fighting the entire time. They've never been on the same page. Things haven't been good. She's been suspicious about him cheating and not taking it seriously. And I could totally see them just being at rock bottom and her being like, let's just talk about it. Let's just talk about it on the phone for hours. <laughs> and him being like, no, we, I'm sorry, but we broke up. And then finally, finally just posting this Instagram post because I think her saying in her Instagram post that she was caught off guard by Dale's was not, I'm caught off guard by, by the fact that we're broken up. It's that exactly what you're saying. I thought we were sort of still talking about it. And now he's claiming it's a mutual decision. And I want to let you guys know I've been dumped. Like, I've just been dumped, and it wasn't, I didn't want to announce it, and I I thought that there was still something to salvage. Do you think he just had, do you think he wrote that statement himself, or do you think he had, like, a PR or an agent or someone like that draft it and deal with it? That's a great question. I, I really, it feels like he wrote it and maybe had some semi-professionalized glance at it, but it's not a great statement, right? What do you feel like? I feel like hers was definitely written by her. <laughs> um, I don't know. The mutually exclusive thing, it's, it makes me feel like someone gave notes on the statement, you know? Um, mm. But I'm not sure. I, 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 I also can't imagine him being famous enough to have PR people. So that, yeah, that's there's that. the thing. And he, I think it just, it did feel, I agree with you that it felt very, the language was way more sanitized and less emotional, but it did seem like he was just kind of taking a page out of the book of, of people who've done that before. And other people, even in bachelor nation who just like have to, they're obligated to announce a breakup. And it was just that kind of vague language um, that I'm sure a couple of eyes went through. But yeah, Claire just like, vomited her <laughs> no commas sure. nothing she had no. like an extra space in the beginning of her sentence and I was like oh Claire like before you make this pink with a beautiful like font you need to proofread it you know yeah honey please um no can rush. you walk us through the cheating allegations because I saw yes. some of this but I know you did like a real deep dive on this I did a real deep dive because I it completely changes my stance on Dale, whether or not this is true. Because my previous opinion was that I thought that Dale was along for the ride, got is like younger and got sort of swept up in being in this desert resort and being told what to do by the fucking producers. And that all of a sudden he like looked around and was like, oh, fuck, now I'm engaged to Claire. This is <laughs> everybody was really pushing me to do this. And I'm feeling a little I was here sort of for it. But now I'm like really, really in it. And then the breakup would be I would have a little bit more sympathy for him. This idea is that he has been, that's been proposed by everyone yesterday, and they even released this woman's name, which I won't say on the podcast because I feel bad that that is happening. Uh, There is a woman 
who is in New York. She's like a real estate broker. And she's been in Dale's life since before he went on The Bachelorette for Claire. Uh-oh. And there's evidence of him <laughs> hanging out with her. There's pictures of them together that they're just in the same social circle. He's commented before he went on The Bachelor uh, at... He, like, commented on a swimsuit picture of her saying, like, nice. And he commented on her Halloween picture of her costume being, like, rawr or something. I don't know. But he had been, like, commenting on her shit. And then when he comes out of um, The Bachelorette and is engaged to Claire, returns to hanging out with this woman in in a not secretive way. Like, she's, again, in his friend group. They go to dinners and stuff. There's, like, one of the only posts left because she's deleted her Instagram is, uh, or at least left as of yesterday day was like a group dinner of a group dinner with Dale and this woman and a couple of mutual friends and supposedly she has been secretly dating him this entire time like and has been playing it on the download keeping it a secret has been telling her friends like yeah I'm just like seeing Dale but we're like trying to keep it a secret until they like find a time to break up and Claire met her and told her, her Claire's friends that she was always suspicious about this relationship, always thought it was something more, suspected it was like an ex-girlfriend or something, and that Dale was like calling her crazy for it. So if that's true, you could go fuck off, fucking Dale. I fucking loathe you. Because that means you weren't really, I mean, if you were talking to this girl and you were you were out and about enough to be, to be, have this girl on your radar... You don't let yourself get to the point where you're forced to propose to Claire. You you just don't. And so it takes that kind of wide, wide-eyed wide innocence out of Dale that I had prescribed to him before. What I, do you think? Uh, <laughs> yes, I agree. But here's the thing. Guys are like this, you know? Like, it's not a surprise. This is not the first time that we've heard this. And I feel like... You know, that's why you should have let the whole season play out, Claire. Like, give it some time. Make sure that everything's on the up and up. Why are we in such a rush? Like, you had many options. I just feel like... Let's let's take the the fuckboy cheating, all of those things away. Let's take all of that away. When, When the breakup first came out this week, it was said that it was because Dale wanted to live in New York and Claire wanted to live in Sacramento. And what... An interesting conversation that could have happened <laughs> in the first fucking 30 minutes of talking to someone. True, like, true. that's such a good example of like, oh, you regret fucking engaging, getting engaged to this guy that you've talked to for two hours. Like, of course, yeah. of course, you are breaking up because you're not going to live in the same city. Pretty Pretty basic elementary stuff here, you guys. It's just so, like, it, you know, I. it's not that I don't feel bad for her. Like, no one deserves to be treated that way, for sure. No. And it really messes with you. But here's the thing. Under normal circumstances, this would be a guy that you had dated for, like, two months, found out that he sucks, and got rid of him, moved on to somebody better. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, It's not, it's just because she made it so insanely dramatic. Like, she has this insane narrative in her head that she must meet the way that her parents met each other, love at first sight, get engaged in a week, and then just, you know, happily ever after for the rest of your life. That's a lot of pressure to put on yourself and someone else. Like, you got to get to know people. Like, that's just the reality of dating. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I... I ha- <laughs> I feel like uh, it feels like both people didn't handle it well at all. And yeah, and uh, let's, I think it's really funny that they broke up. That's all I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we also had a listener send in a Instagram story that revealed that there was a uh, post The Bachelorette like Dale had gone into a restaurant with a bunch of women and like got really wasted and was kissing one of them. <gasps> and the best part about that is that the the woman who worked at the restaurant who posted this was like, I wasn't going to post this because Dale was really nice to me and the women were super nice, which I love that she mentioned that. I love that she was like, and the women were great. Like, I, I don't want to like throw these women under the bus. They were really nice. So I kind of didn't want to like shade him. But now that everything is out, he definitely was cheating on Claire with more than just this one woman oh who was like the God. primary mistress. But so now I, I that woman that. is probably pissed off about that too. See, Dale's the bad guy. Yeah, here, for sure. Dale is the bad guy. Also, like, by the way, who's going to dinner all the time? I have questions. I know. It was weird. It, and the pic- the pictures were kind of blurry and looked like it might be like pseudo outside. And I know that New York is still doing outside dining. So maybe it's that. Or maybe yeah. he's traveling to another city. I don't 
don't know, a bunch of people go to like Florida. The mental gymnastics off. that I have tried to do to like justify why other people seem to be living their normal lives is just astounding. I'm always trying to be like, well, I don't know, maybe they have both shots of the vaccine and someone told them it was fine and they all got tested. Like it's yeah. that's definitely not the case. Like people are definitely just fucking around for yeah, sure. Or maybe you were just on the bachelorette and you feel like fucking invincible because yeah. you feel like the hottest guy ever. So that's gonna stop you from getting a fucking virus during this pandemic okay dale so that's that's fucking that i think you know we hope you do well claire fuck him uh but please don't fucking do it on camera anymore i want you to be well and i don't want to know anything about it that's my two cents me too um wait and also in terms of reality news sort of i tyra banks was trending on twitter yesterday And it was because people were putting her on blast about how impossible some of the runway challenges from America's Next Top Model were. And when you (gasps) saw them all compiled together, it it was absolutely wild. And everybody was coming for her like, first of all, you were the first person who would shave somebody's head and then send them home that day. I love it. You would be the first person who made someone like close a gap in their teeth and then immediately kicked them off the show. But also, Tyra, can we see you do a (laughs) runway walk down the side of a building? Like, (laughs) can we see you do a runway walk where giant like Indiana Jones medallions are swinging left and right throughout the runway and you have to just look straight forward? Forward at the same pace and somehow miss all of these like you're fucking Indiana Jones. That's I don't called understand. good producing. I love that that's trending. I didn't see it. I'm definitely going to look up the video now. I just remember, you know, watching that in high school and being like, it's really hard to be a model, okay? Like, just be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, let's see you walk down a flooded runway with fire on each side, you know? Yeah. Like, just the logistics of surviving that. I mean, I'd fall flat on my face. Oh, sure. yeah. No part of me was like, this is unfair. I was just like, this is the industry. You got to be tough. <laughs> <laughs> You have to defy gravity. And it is like she truly did have a challenge where these women were like harnessed and then walking down the side of a, at a 90 degree angle and have to like have this straight model face. And I remember 14 year old me with like agony all over my face being like, well, that one didn't do as well as yeah. They should know, be able to right? do this. Or they'd be like, OK, we're going to put tarantulas all over your body and submerge you in yes. a straight jacket in a tank of water. Why are your eyes like squinting? <laughs> She sucks. She doesn't deserve to be here. (laughs) Just the worst, like, characteristics coming out of your personality as a teenager. It's true. It was so good. It was just so funny to see. I was like, oh, my God, Tyra Banks, my queen is trending. Why? And then I realized, and I was, of course, like, oh, my God, what if Top Model is coming back again? As if it hasn't come back a thousand times. I am sticking to the idea that we will know that everything is back to normal when we are stepping foot in model land. Model land. (laughs) Yeah, that is the marker. It's like we need to be in the middle of model land, absolutely. Absolutely transformed in professional models. Before That's the pandemic, when we know the pandemic is done. I was like, oh, it's kind of expensive. Like maybe we can swing it. Now I'm like, I will give you all my money to go to model <laughs> land. Here, that a thousand dollars. That sounds like Anything. a deal. No problem. Yeah. We'll do it. It's true. And then our quarantine will be bookended from our Britney Spears Britney Zone experience and our model land experience. That's so like how we'll have bookended the whole thing. Oh, can we? Can we talk about The Bachelor? Yes. Can I say, I'm going to sound, I'm just going to do it. This was my favorite episode of The Bachelor maybe ever. Oh, wow. Why I had so much fun watching it. I And I, I think this was the first episode in a really, really long time that genuinely surprised me. I had like authentic like gasps and I was like really really engaged and like reacting and there was some twists and turns that were very surprising and then the like cherry on the the cake was a really really great date with Serena P that I also felt was like one of the realest and coolest dates that I've seen in a long time so it was like such a great cocktail of like everything that I love about watching the show of like being hypnotized into thinking that there is something some sort of like real authentic love happening the worst worst mean girl parts of me being like pumped with steroids and I was like rip Sarah apart I was like so into I was like fucking kill her I loved that I was it made me such a monster which is what I love about the show it makes me a worse person uh so really just all of that uh, I just I adored it 
<laughs> I am so interested to get your take on the Sarah situation because I I am ha- sometimes I feel like I can see you know like last week on 90 Day I was like oh this girl's telling him telling Yara about strippers because she has feelings for Jovi or she wanted to date Jovi and she feels slighted or whatever mm-hmm. Sarah I'm like what kind of manipulation I've never seen this is so insane like mm-hmm. um but I don't want to jump the gun because that's like the good shit that we'll get to. Uh, <laughs> let's first talk about Victoria's sty. <laughs> <laughs> so that is definitely a sty. A, a couple episodes ago, I was like, what's going on? Is she ill? I do now recognize that you as a said, very bad also, sty. also, what's going on? Is she a drug addict? <laughs> yes. She did look sort of like some drugs might have been had privately. <laughs> I, I stand by that. She looked, I think probably what happened is she got in a fight with the girls and they told her to sleep on the couch. And, uh, you know, you can't sleep on the couch in your makeup and not expect to get like bacteria in your eyes. Yeah. Um, I am surprised it doesn't happen more because I've read that a lot of the women do sleep in makeup because they'll be woken uh, up to do talking heads. And that is like step one of getting a sty. Nothing is, sleeping is worth in your makeup sleeping or in wearing your makeup. it too long. That's bad. Yeah, it is very bad. And I I, I do think that the sty suggests that, because listen, your girl knows a lot about styes. We talk, did we talk on the pod about my yeah, sty last year? Yeah, we have talked year? about the difference yeah. between our styes on the pod. Yeah, yeah we have to. So, but the styes fucking suck, and you're not supposed to wear makeup when you have a sty. And also, the first and, like, very last day of a sty, you don't really see it. So I wonder if some of these other looks where she's clearly not wearing any makeup, mm-hmm. but you can't totally see the sty, if the sty was present and preventing her from wearing makeup. And that makes isn't sense. as bad as Victoria just like fucking not caring about what she looks like on national TV. Um, in which case I have a little bit more sympathy for that. Yeah, perhaps um, she's the most real contestant, you know, perhaps she's showing her true self. I mean, that's what you're going to look like every day when you're in a relationship with someone for the most part. So <laughs> watch me just be fully on Victoria's side by the end of this. They're also so uh, contagious. So the idea of her smooshing her face against Matt's and like Oof. giving him a sty is comedy gold to me. Yeah, no uh, though that was that was very good can we also in terms of i know you're always like you talk about the editors of the bachelor like they fucking personally victimize you and like before this season even started you were like i'm not gonna be fucking fooled by your bullshit like your (laughs) your ongoing battle with them is like what i live for and i think that this episode had two really really great reveals of editor trickery in terms Mm -hmm. of like the trailers that we've seen up until this point Mm -hmm. one being the serena p Mm -hmm. quote i think i'm falling in love with you Mm -hmm. which we now realize it looked as though it was like a hometown and we now realize it was her first Mm one-on-one pretty upset about that one yeah (laughs) (laughs) you're fucking steaming you're like "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm Uh, that the full quote was her being like, I think I'm falling in like with you. And then because of that, I, in the future, I could see myself falling in love with you. And those sneaky bastards cut the end of that phrase, slapped it into the trailer. All of us have Brie in our fucking like top four because of it. Let's still hope she or not Brie. Excuse me. Uh, Serena, Serena P. Yeah, Serena yeah. P. Um, and that is just, just uh, that's such an example of like classic trickery. But I was really surprised and really into the we've heard the sound bite and even seen the clip of Victoria saying can you tell Matt that Sarah sucks <laughs> and that's been in the trailer and and it suggested like that this woman Victoria was like enemy number one and that she was such a villain and it's so shocking the idea of the women on the couch and then one of them saying that out loud it's like oh my god what a bully and in reality we got to see that scene this week the other girls are cackling they like edited out the laughing and so in reality victoria goes can you tell matt that sarah sucks and everybody's like that's so funny she sucks and i was like oh my god i've never seen this before where a villain edit is actually like her just like hanging with the homies and they all become this like weird girl fucking group that hates everybody and is going to destroy Sarah. I thought that was so shocking. And I was like, well played. Yeah. Well played. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I like the idea that you're also watching a version of The Bachelorette just starring all dolphins based on the laugh that you just <laughs> did. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see Victoria sort of 
here's the thing enemies unite people so if you have a Mm -hmm. common enemy you can kind of get along with anybody and i think that's Mm -hmm. what's happening with victoria and the rest of the girls it's it's sort of shocking to see how much they've turned against sarah in this situation it Um, is it is i think it's uh and it's and on that page, on that note, it was interesting to see the women really laughing at and engaging with Victoria's, like, raunchy sex poem. Yes. Because it also suggested that they're, like, that they do think she's funny and they're not taking her as seriously as some other villains we've seen. And I think some of it has to do with, listen, when when <laughs> when people have been Sarah before – They've been like, what? I wanted to steal time with him. So whatever. And they've kind of been like a Victoria almost where they're very like forward with it. And then everything's out in the open. Sarah like hiding from them uh, gave them a chance to just like all get together. And the temperature just started like rising and rising and rising. And the pressure cooker of it all was like never released by Sarah being like, Sorry, it's just like I I needed some time with him and that's what this is about. Like, so fuck off. Which would have, in a way, it doesn't sound like it, but it would have sort of um, deflated the situation. And Victoria is is just like becoming not a threat to these girls because she's the enemy that you know. Yeah, that's true. And Sarah is not. I feel like um, you probably can relate to the idea. And I feel like this happens so often on The Bachelor when someone decides to just not participate downstairs where you're like, (laughs) we're all down here filming. You know, we are all on set. We are doing what we have been asked to do. And you are laying in bed. Like, do you not think that I would like to be laying in bed and just kind of like having some alone time? Um, Yeah. I feel like that's a really good point. That's that's a whole nother thing they don't even directly address on the show. I think that's a really good point of like, you don't fucking respect any step of this process. Yeah. Like, clearly you don't respect the rules when it comes to, like, Matt and our time with him, which is always a huge deal. And then on top of that, you have to fucking film with us. And it came back to bite her in the ass because then you're, like I said, you're just leaving all of these scenes with these women where even if they wouldn't have organically shit on you, they're being told by the producers to shit on you. Like, that weird scene with, like, uh, Piper and MJ <laughs> where they were like could you guys mind sitting on this couch and just like talking about how much you hate Sarah and <laughs> yeah. they were like okay and it's like they wouldn't have had to even make that scene if they already got the content of like Sarah sort of defending herself or like being bitchy back and also let's be honest I fucking hated what Sarah did I was fucking I don't think that she should have been as crucified I guess by like literally 18 women screaming at her that seems like a little bit overboard <laughs> but the the ruining the date and stealing so much of the time. And the biggest offense to me was telling Katie to fuck off, not once, not twice, but three times. Yeah. And then the big finale was asking Matt to walk her out. I was like screaming at the TV. Yeah, I don't. I, I Here's the thing. I don't think you should be on The Bachelor if your dad could die in a matter of weeks. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't understand what possessed you to come on this show I think you're clearly not in the headspace now I'm in the position of wondering if you're being manipulative by crying or if you're really just crying I also like mixed messages for me because I think personally a sign of depression is if you're in bed with all your clothes on right like that's not you're not in a good headspace if that's happening um but then you notice like later on when she's been crying all day and she's devastated and she's passed out and all this hard stuff is happening. She had reapplied her lip gloss at one point. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, that's not helping you, Sarah. It's just not helping us believe that you're really uh, having the hard time that you you say you're having. It's also like she her com- the things she wanted to share with Matt were not actual things she was just kind of like I feel insecure because I'm on The Bachelor and he was like no stay I really like you I'm probably gonna pick you (laughs) you know yeah and like what more do you need after that like you already went above and beyond asking for reassurance you got it tenfold and then you still acted like a whiny little bitch I think it's tough because I it was tough for me that she didn't communicate to Matt in the first interruption, like, a big part of this is I, I just really want to go home. Like, I'm having anxiety about about my family and about my dad. It was all about wanting attention from him. She got it. Then the women were super mean to her. And then she was even more sad. And then once she spoke to Katie, who I also think we should talk about, 
that's when she was like, and you know what? I just, I need to go home because of my dad. And it's, I, I think she's allowed to have several reasons to want to go home. But I think to use that as a headline at the very end was confusing to me because I was like, are you just trying to make it so we're not calling you on your bluff about how you were faking that, uh, faking wanting to go home and so you could get time with Matt and Yeti? There was just a lot, a lot going on. And to your point exactly, you shouldn't be on The Bachelor if the circumstances are that dire for a loved one. Like you should not be going on The Bachelor. She, uh, we think she comes back, right? Because in the trailer. Oh, she must. Honey, that must be why Matt is not okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's got to be. And I know that they're, they must not be showing the classic, like, oh, she's back. Because now we would know it was her. We would right. know. Right. And would, there would be no surprise. So they must, I'm sure we'll still get a preview of it maybe the week before where there's a, a big reveal. But it's, she's got to come back. I fucking hope so because I had her going to goddamn hometowns. I, I have to admit, I was pretty excited when I thought she was really leaving. <laughs> well, and imagine me. I was like, I wanted her to leave. I wanted her to leave because I, I thought that she sucked. And then I wanted her to stay because of my bracket. But then I also wanted her to stay because it would make it a lot easier for me to 100% fully loathe her because then everything would have been a fucking lie up until that point. You know what I mean? Like, all everything that she had done to steal Matt's time and to piss off the other girls would have been for her nothing if her excuse was only, I was thinking about leaving. And then she didn't. Um, but then she did leave. And I, I like, will Fuck. say also, I saw this, like, someone pointed this out on Instagram. She was making out with Matt and her foundation came off, like, all over his face. And I was like, setting spray. Everyone <laughs> use Urban Decay All Nighter Setting Spray. Every setting single contestant. Spray. I feel like I should just be in charge of, like, the survival kits for The Bachelorette, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, you have too many tips that, like, need to be heard. It's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's really necessary. I really enjoyed Katie also just, like, not leaving and standing in the corner and waiting for them to finish that was pretty good yes (laughs) especially like she gave her her fucking shot and she like kept going in and being like i'm so like this is my fucking time man and sitting on the couch finally behind him was just gold the thing that's fucking yeah so tough about that situation is like at the end of the day it's really up to matt you know and so it's like you can insist that you're being wronged all you want but if matt just likes the other girl better then you're fucked like you can't do anything yeah and you can't help if you're katie in that situation everybody does use it a lot of people really approach it sort of methodically like okay he's going to like a girl who he has spent a lot of time with And so I actually have a shot if I have more time with him. So Katie's looking at Sarah going, you've had a one-on-one. Obviously, he likes you more than me. I've talked to him for 30 seconds. But just put me in, coach, and I could probably fucking knock you off of your pedestal. That's like the logic that these girls have, which is what makes them so possessive about time is because Mm -hmm. it's like a simple equation to them. And it's like... It's it's so she's like ripping her hair out, being so frustrated, like, bitch, you got fucking one on one. You went in this tiny plane with him, which is terrifying. And you made out a bunch. Give me fucking five minutes to make more jokes about my vibrator. And I could I could be a cool girl like you. Come on. And then what did you think about the Katie coming in and talking to Sarah before she left scene? I felt, you know, it made Katie look good. I I felt sad that she had gone through something, you know, really traumatic with her own dad. Um, It was nice that, I don't know, I think it was nice that Katie went in there and was like, look, I don't agree with, like, what's happening to you. You know, I think that this is not nice. It's And it's, even if you're Mm. against what Sarah was doing, it's like, she's not being an asshole to anybody, really. She's, it's just frustrating for you guys. And it's frustrating because... Matt seems to really like her as well. So um, I don't know. I thought it was a nice supportive moment on The Bachelor. What do you think? It was it was definitely needed after the like just complete uh, debacle of the scene previously of of Sarah just being ripped apart. Um, It felt like a little produced. And I and I wonder how much Katie was like told to go in. or She did have a genuine like I kind of want to go on record that I was not cool with that. It seemed like everything that she was saying was very authentic. Um, So the only thing I'm questioning is if the producers were like, why don't you go talk to Sarah? Um, (laughs) But it was needed. And I think it's cool. I think it's cool in an episode that made me feel like such a mean girl. It like brought out all of the worst things in me that it did give me a moment of being like, but 
but Katie is my queen because she supports <laughs> women. You know, like <laughs> I have this theory that Katie is like a camp counselor and that was like a very camp counselor thing to do, you know, like go talk yeah. to the troubled kid who like needs some help to be understood. And well, I also thought it was smart of Katie to be like, hey, I can't have you be the girl who got away. Like if I'm really going to end up with this guy, I need to know that he for sure wants to be with me and yes. not just by default, you know? Yes. Yeah. And she was, yeah, that was handled super maturely. I think the way that she handled the night of the incident in question when she was robbed of so much time and she like came outside, directly addressed her very quickly, like, can you tell me what, what, why that happened? Like, I'm giving you a chance to explain to me why you just fucked me over. And, but did it in as a level-headed way as she could, with, even though it was something she was clearly emotional about. Sarah did her like weepy thing where she cried <sighs> and Katie was like, okay, well, I'm going to go back inside for the rest of my date. Um, and I don't remember if it was her or Victoria, it was probably Victoria, pointed out to Sarah that at the beginning of the episode, Chris Harrison was explicitly like, oh, every woman will get time with Matt this week. And they both were trying to explain that to Sarah, like, do you know that you were you were going to have time with him? And she was like, but this was this was like an emergency. And that's when Victoria was like, was it something with your health? Like, it had to be like something with like your health, Sarah. She is. Do you watch Big Mouth? No. Oh, man. There's a character that Nick Kroll plays that's like, a, but he's a girl. Her name's Lola, and she is Lola. She talks like Lola. She sort of <laughs> clomps around like Lola. She's just like not a very like not graceful sort of mean girl. I mean, it's a it's that's a one-to-one -one, like comparison. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, good shit on The Bachelor this week. I really, really hated that shit. writing challenge. It really made me upset. Oh. So awful. Uh, our a friend who's been on the podcast, Vanessa McGee, who is a writer on Dave, texted me. This is her only her second season of watching The Bachelor. And she was like, I like could not handle that challenge. No. And I was like, oh, Vanessa, this happens every season. And I like they make remember they were going to do it on Peter's season with the women. And then the Hannah B thing blew up. So they never got to right. reading their like sexy like excerpts. But I did get a kick out of the women having fun doing it this time. Like, this group does sort of seem to get along in a funny way. And if you just decide that something's going to be silly, then it's probably going to be more fun than if you were all, like, all being a Sarah. And, like, this sucks that there's all of these women talking about kissing him. They were all, like, cracking up. I don't know. I can't say that I felt as though it was empowering. <laughs> I don't think anything about The Bachelor in particular is particularly empowering but I, I i'll let them have it i'll let them have it i would rather them say that somewhat incorrectly than have them all be miserable and like crying yeah right? that's true that's true but uh, it was it was rough what should we talk about now do you want to talk about atlanta let's talk about atlanta and the wedding that is ruining our lives <laughs> I just, again, don't understand how Cynthia thought that she was going to have 50 guests and Mike was going to have 50 guests and that would be COVID safe. That is a hundred. That is a super spreader event. Yeah. Like, yeah, it is, Alyssa. I don't. <laughs> and are we going to see this on camera? I feel like we are, right? Like they well, wouldn't be taking this up. Remember we talked about this. I don't know if it was just the two of us or if it was on the pod, but. Bravo didn't film the wedding. And I wonder if they were on the fence about filming the wedding because Kenya made a <laughs> reference a few episodes ago about saying, well, you're only doing this because it's going to be on the TV show. And uh, I wonder if while Bravo was filming this, the, the powers that be were like, this is a really bad look yeah. and decided to pull out so that they can be like, listen, we didn't tell Cynthia to have a super spreader event. Yeah. Uh, but they're filming all this shit while she's planning it. And the logic of, like, the, the opening scene of this episode is Cynthia being like, well, we invited 280 <laughs> people thinking that because of the virus, only about 100 people would say yes. Bitch, what do you mean thinking because of the virus? So you're admitting that anyone with half of a brain would say no because they don't want to die or make other people die. And you're so you're admitting that that logic is there. You're acknowledging it. And, and even even hypothesizing that p other people will use it. But you yourself want to have a 100 person gathering. You yourself admitted yourself. You, <laughs> <laughs> you yourself admit to yourself that you suck. suck. <laughs> 
That's exactly, that's Taylor talking to Cynthia's wedding planner. <laughs> yes. I can't deal with it. I was like, I was ripping my hair out watching this because I was like, Cynthia, this is such, I just don't understand. It'd be one thing if she was just like a Kelly Dodd about it and was like, don't care, don't care about the virus, don't care about wearing a mask, gonna have a wedding. Yeah, like that's that's easier for me to even wrap my head around. As shitty and selfish as that is, at least it's like straightforward. And Cynthia being like, well, because of the virus, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, then because of the virus is it, period, done. Don't. Yeah. Stop. Ugh. Yeah, I agree. That's sort of all I have on Atlanta this week, to be honest with you. I'm just like, I'm very uncomfortable. I like Cynthia a lot, and I, you know, I love her family, and I like Mike Hill, and I, this is just, the whole thing is so upsetting to watch. And I hope everyone's okay. That's all I can say. I know. And I, I think it'll be, I wonder if they're, I, I do think that Bravo didn't shoot the wedding, but we'll see what they say about it, how they handle it in terms of the season. For sure. Um, let's talk about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Oh my God, I miss Las Vegas so much. Ugh, I yeah. it's the yeah it's top we of my list. We should go race car driving. We should go and go race car driving. You know, I can. at first was like, no one wants to go race car driving in Vegas, Whitney. And then I saw them do it, and I was like, oh, it's like Ferraris. Like it's not like a NASCAR car. It's no, like a, they were like sexy cars. Yeah. Um, I thought that was very exciting. I also feel like I could easily kill myself by mistake doing that. Yeah, I agree. I like that they like had a person with them, as if you're like you know. A, a skydiving like yeah. <laughs> you have a guy in the car like telling you exactly what to do um I do low-key think part of me would be the Lisa Barlow going 70 miles an hour on the track but <laughs> that too. would still be fun <laughs> it's just funny that she was like bragging about her experience doing it and then she was the worst of all of them that was yeah great. like don't do that honey uh did you were you cracking up during Heather's date with Big Daddy oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> She was like more like big baby. Heather's just yeah. a star. I love her. She's so sweet. She She's doing so a great funny. job. It just seems like also it's so great when housewives are just totally themselves. They're not trying to put on a show for anybody and you love them so much. And that's what yes. I feel like is happening with Heather. Yeah, I feel exactly. like we I I kind of want to share some videos from our last Vegas trip on the Instagram. I don't know. I just miss it so much. And we were yeah. being so silly. <laughs> I would love that. Oh, my God. Hanging out in Vegas. The city of germs. I know, right? Um, And then you had some thoughts on Whitney's dad's uh, situation. I did. And by his situation, I mean his drug problem and not his style. Yeah. Which, again, is just if that if you're not addressing your dad's style and your dad looks like that, that means you do have bigger fish to fry. And I do feel sorry for you. That's exactly what's going on here. Yeah. Um, And it is I think it's interesting. We've seen Whitney being really open with trying to help her dad get sober and like get back on his feet. And it became clear in the past few episodes that he has many children, but Whitney is, like, the key person really helping him out. Uh, But this episode, it really exemplified a lot of what you and I talk about on the podcast about how particularly the Real Housewives franchise can uh, spotlight and highlight different roles that women play in their families and in their work lives and all these different – that you just don't – you don't see a lot and people don't talk about. And Whitney being the glue that is holding her family together and – paying to like literally and emotionally support her dad through his recovery process, reaching out to all of her siblings that he wants to make amends with and like going and speaking to them personally and then getting them all together to have a dinner and like trying to like work. It's that costs so much energy from a person like that shit's so hard. And I think a lot of people and I think frankly, most of those people are women are that role in their family's lives. And because they're especially when when it's dealing with something like addiction or or drugs or alcohol there's some shame that comes into that and then people don't talk about it openly so a lot of these women don't get recognized for like doing so much fucking work for bringing people together so i think that this episode really hit home for me because i just like really appreciated seeing her be that for her family and I think a lot of women are and I was like this is cool this is cool to see on TV yeah for sure I mean I think she has so much patience um and she's really good at communicating the way that her dad is feeling to her siblings without being angry or um you know blaming anyone or anything like that it's it's Mm -hmm. hard to talk to your brother and sister and be like well I think dad really feels like 
sort of abandoned by us um Mm -hmm. and to say that in a way where they don't get immediately defensive is a really really difficult skill that you have to frankly develop over time like it's not it's not it's not the natural you know instinct in the way that you you communicate about things that are so emotionally loaded and I think she's doing such a good job of it yeah I completely agree and I and then when you're in that role you often find yourself uh squashing some of your negative feelings or resentment or anger or frustration or blame because you're giving that space to like in her instance her siblings like I'm sure Whitney has so much to be pissed about she's looking yeah. to it a little bit of like feeling used and like and dealing with this in the same way the siblings have and because the siblings got to the like pissed off place first in order to be any sort of uh person who's going to get everyone back together I feel like Whitney kind of has to put all of her angst about it on the back burner to try to bring everybody together, which is just the definition of being selfless. So I think it's really cool. I also thought it it was really nice just to see him thank them for being there and giving him another shot and saying like, this is all that matters to him. This is what he's working on himself for. I mean, it was just a really nice real moment. You don't get to see with a lot of families on TV. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Um, Cute. We're here for it. Uh, uh, wait. Okay, so Atlanta, Salt Lake City, that means we have 90 Day. <laughs> right. And 90 Day Fiance, first of all, a little sidebar, my older brother Bryce, like a few weeks ago, was like, hey, I don't, I, I don't know if you have been watching this latest season of 90 Day Fiance, but it's really good. And I was like, oh, have I been watching this latest <laughs> season of 90 Day? And then I found out it was his first, se- this is like his first time watching it. And so he, then he texted me and was like, I don't know how you wait until every Sunday night. I don't even know how you wait for this. Like, this is the best show I've ever seen. Aww. This is so good. It's so funny. It's so addictive. Like, what do I do? So then I recommended he go back and, like, watch an old season. I found the the first season that we meet, Larissa and Colt, which is just, like, an iconic season where she's like, anyone who faced the queen must die. It's just <laughs> great. And he's been binging that all week. And it's so fun for me getting texts from my older brother who is, like, not very into reality TV, just, like, devouring this show and, like, recognizing it for all the comedy that it is it's great um so please keep watching Bryce because it's so fun that's very Uh, sweet I feel like Mike is like having that experience with Roni and at one point he was like the fact that more people don't watch this is just straight up sexism like it's just because it's about women but it's so funny and I'm like yeah I totally agree with that and then my younger brother is doing that with The Bachelor and he keeps uh texting me and asking questions about it and being like what is wrong with Victoria (laughs) yeah and that's what's so fun about it too is everything that you're saying is true and then what we're talking about about is the best part the fact that you get to connect with people in your yes. lives and talk about it that's what this whole fucking podcast is about it's been fun like while I really really miss watching it with girlfriends and like trying to be social with it it's been kind of fun watching it with Tony like like playing a video game next to me or like trying to read a script and uh there was one point when Sarah was leaving this week and she was like but I know that I know that I told Matt that family means everything to me and Tony was like oh so she's the one that family means everything to her okay got it <laughs> But like he's even he's seeing things. the comedy of it, yeah. and I'm like, that's all. That's all it's about. Um, that's so true about Roni too. Like if you're you're only hurting yourself by not watching that show. I know. Uh, you're just it's it's. I feel sorry for you. Yeah. Um. Speaking of feel sorry for Brandon and Julia back <laughs> back at the farm back on TV this week. The the. The only argument I had had that was pro mullet mom and mm-hmm. farmer dad mm-hmm. was that it was their house, mm-hmm. their rules. They were being, Julia and Brandon were being freeloaders. Mm-hmm. If they want them to sleep in separate rooms pre-marriage, I was I was like, that's just how it, the fucking deal with it. That has been blown the fuck <laughs> up by this episode because I'm sorry if the parents are going to assert that Brandon and Julia have to wake up at the ass crack of dawn to go feed fucking pigs and goats and chickens that means that they are essential workers on the farm that means that they're not freeloaders they're not staying quote unquote like rent free and like crashing therefore they have rights and they should get to be in the same room your honor <laughs> Taylor is Brandon and Julia's legal representation <laughs> they have rights <laughs> your honor nothing is funnier than two parents just like angrily brushing a horse being like if I go in that house again 
and he's making her tea. I'm going to lose my fucking mind. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, is the horse okay? Someone check on the horse. Can we check Someone on the horse? Someone check on the horse. Oh, man, that's so true. That scene was so good. And then when, when the dad was yelling at Brandon about, like, don't you want all of this someday? And he was just throwing him bales of hay from, like, the upper <laughs> level of a barn. I was like, that looks like hell, sir. Even a farmer would admit that's not the most picturesque moment to go, don't you want all of this? I'm also like, going to be such a fucking asshole. And as a, like, L.A., California person, I'm like, mm, what state do you guys live in? I think he could probably buy another farm himself. Like, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Like, he does, you know, take care of uh, pests and stuff. Like, he is making money. I'm pretty sure he'll be able to buy property, you know? Like, yeah, we're not talking he'll about be San able Francisco to figure or anything it out. here. It's not yeah. like a farm in, like, Napa, you know? <laughs> like No. And it's one of those, these guys just got to deal with the fact that they made one son who sucks. <laughs> and you have to sleep in the bed that you made. I'm sorry. Like, and you could, it's like, that's why I had sympathy for them towards the beginning of the season because it felt like they were sort of acknowledging have just like Brandon being shitty and now it's just their their self-awareness is completely out the fucking window I do not I, I do mean, not understand the best part was his mom saying did you guys go in the hot tub with clothes on and then they Julia just cracking up like Wait, so we can't stay in the same room, but we have to go in the yeah. hot tub naked together? Yeah. Like, I've first of all, I've never heard of such a thing. Like, going in your bathing suit in a hot tub, I don't think ruins the hot tub. I think she might just be mad because she thinks her son is getting jerked off in the hot tub all the time. I think that that has to be. It was very strange. And the word swimsuit was never even said. Yeah. I was like, it would be one thing if she was like, please don't wear your clothes. Obviously, like, just wear a swimsuit. Yeah. Or if you're going to get in, make sure they're actual swim trunks. Because, you know, boys could be stupid. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, basketball shorts are the same thing. Yeah. Like, no, they're not. Uh, but at, it, for her to be like, you just have to be nude is insane and i i don't know a lot about hot tubs but i know that the ascendas have a hot tub that they fucking love and i, I my understanding is that they are not nudists when they enjoy it yeah. i'll ask them but it's it's just the logic made no sense and the hammering home about how foggy the water was was the most graphic thing i've it's seen so in disgusting. a long time <laughs> like guys like come on like this is if that's How? what you're doing like that's so nasty and the fact that you're making like if you're gonna do that at least clean it up yourself I mean my god and I don't think that th what the ironic part of it is I really would bet that they didn't like the way that they were reacting was like this is really weird but I bet that they didn't completely fuck in the hot tub and I, I think that they just like were playing around and digging in it and then eventually got out and left how also if you're the cameraman during that scene how is the camera not fully shaking with laughter when the mom is like holding up also she's mad at like the cover of the jacuzzi not being put on right yeah it's so clear like, that she's just mad that her son is having sex and she and I, i'm just like is this going to be resolved for you when they sign a piece of paper that they're married in like a couple weeks because i don't understand in your mind like what the huge difference is you know what i mean mm -hmm. like are you gonna go from being like so pissed off that they're hooking up to being like please make a baby for us I, it's just such a foreign yeah. i i can't relate to that headspace at all it's it's also just getting to be downright cruel they're like you have to wake up in the morning and you cannot have tea and you have to be like the weird the like it just feels like they felt like they ordered a servant from Russia. I know. Like the the hospitality really went right out the window with their argument about their son not sleeping in the same bed as her. It just felt it felt really mean and weird. And then she did get up early and they still were mean to her about it. And I, I was know. like, leave also, this like, poor girl alone. By the way, like if I don't drink, I know this sounds dramatic, but if I don't have a cup of coffee in the morning, like I will get a migraine. And so someone telling her like, oh, you can't have any tea. You got up too late. Like, I, you know, maybe she needs that. I don't know. It has caffeine in yeah. it. That was my first thought. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah, I get caffeine headaches, which is not as bad as a migraine. But if you fucking fuck with my morning routine, I'm like all of those cliche t-shirts that are like, not before my morning, Joe. <laughs> Perfect. I love that for you. <laughs> I also, the other day when we were, I feel like we got on to record something, but before we actually hit record, you were like, oh, Mike is just like bringing me my coffee, which was so sweet. And that morning I had like 
texted Tony because he was downstairs before me to uh, surprise me with a coffee. I was like, please bring me a coffee. I will pretend that I'm surprised. <laughs> and now I'm like trying to just like Pavlov, Pavlov's dog, like train him into bringing me a Aww. coffee and it's so not working. <laughs> I will say that I will never forget the time. I think we were doing a virtual book club and Tony just came in and handed you a full in and out burger. And I was like, what the fuck? My boyfriend is a dud. Like, where's my in and out burger? So I think it's just, I think it's yeah. more even than we think. It's just, you get immediately jealous when someone else does it. Oh yeah. yeah every day you're just like, well, I want that. No, I get weighted on hand and foot. I don't know what I'm complaining about, but I just thought that then seeing Brandon, like bringing her tea, I was like, oh, that's, that might even be why I was brainwashed into starting to do that this week where I was like, well, bring me coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Tony doesn't even make coffee in the morning for himself. I'm like, oh, don't wow. do it. Okay, so here's what you have to do. You have to get him on coffee because Mike didn't used to drink coffee. And now I've gotten him fully addicted to it. So now he makes oh, coffee for me. good thinking. <laughs> That's good thinking. Wow. Um, uh, let's talk about Mike and uh, Michael and oh, what's her face? What's her Natalie. Name? Yeah, Natalie. That fucking relationship really came to a head this week in a tense dinner scene. Oh, my God. And even the there's like a moment where the producers are like, I'm sorry, do you provoke Mike? And she's like, yeah, I think so sometimes. (laughs) And the scene is like textbook how you would fucking mentally destroy someone while provoking them to fight with you. Like. First of all, this couple doesn't like each other. They don't like each other. They don't respect each other. And we saw Natalie, like, making him a dinner in the most, like, terrifying and passive-aggressive way of they're, like, screaming at each other about the healthiest way to make rice because she's calling him fat. Yeah. Which I think is just downright cruel and fucked up to do. And it's, like, clearly hurting his feelings in a way that he's not totally addressing on camera and probably a weird, like, toxic masculinity sort of angle of just, like, not wanting to admit that his girlfriend calling him fat makes him feel bad. But... That's happening while she's insulting his IQ. She's like, have you taken the IQ test? And he's like, no, baby. I've actually never taken an IQ test. And she's like, what? No IQ test in school? And he's like, no, I went I went to school and I, I just have never taken an IQ test, which is not strange in America. And she's like, that's crazy. I have really high IQ. And I was like throwing things around in my living room. I was like, get the fuck out of here, Natalie. And then says a great line, which is, have you ever even been to a museum even once? Oh, my God. It's so mean. <laughs> so mean. It's so mean. And I I think it's just, it's so, it was so awful to see how she, like, broke him down. And then he ended up being shitty back to her because it felt like he didn't really have much of a choice. And, like, I, I'm obviously such, like, a, a Mike, like, defender. And he's not perfect at all. He's, like, a completely flawed person and, like, also not great. But just next to her, I, I, like, feel like I need to protect him. And I couldn't help but wonder if this scene, like, is even arable if it's – if the genders had been reversed. Or not even just the genders, but the actual people because, like, Mike is, like, so, so much bigger than her and she's a lot smaller. And if Mike, as a scary man, was, like – physically like stirring that vegetable stir fry as angrily as she was and calling her stupid and fat and like body shaming her it would be like we would all be up in arms because it's so scary and awful and really terrifying yeah Um, I mean that's why I've been like you you know there's a camera crew there but not all the time like you got to be careful (laughs) like I don't yeah people people lose their minds you know like oh my god I hadn't even thought of that that we are I mean like I said with the not probably being honest about how much she's hurting his feelings who yeah who the fuck knows what could happen in your scary middle of the woods house while the cameras are gone if he's fucking fed up with you that's really terrifying to think about yeah I don't know the like the looking for the ring and like tearing apart his house and calling his closet smelly. This is like an example of a couple on the show that is like, it's not even funny to me anymore. It's obviously getting a rise out of me. So that part of it is like entertaining in this fucked up way. But we, I like need to see her go home. I, I think need she to see just them like, never I think again. it's like she's dating someone who is not the person that she thinks she deserves to be with. And also she, I think she wants him to like fight for her, you know, like if they fight, mm. that means they care about each other. And I don't think she understands mm. that she's doing that, but I think that is a very like toxic version of a relationship that a lot of people participate in. And uh, that's a here's really the good thing. Point. I also, mm, 
I'm not such a fan of museums. And I don't think that that means that you're smart or stupid, to be honest with you. I've been to yeah, museums and I'm like, I'm bored. Stupid you know? thing to say. It's yeah. a stupid thing to measure someone's intelligence by how many museums they've been to. I'm fucking dumb as a stump and I've been to several museums. So I don't give a flying fuck what you think, Natalie. I think it's so, it's just, it's just, and them ending the episode that way made me, like, gave me such a bad taste in my mouth. And I was like, just get these people, get them gone. It's I need also them to like, not be I, you know, this is not really the most feminist thing to say, but it's like, honey, if you're so smart, then why don't you go get a job and buy a fucking better house for yourself? You know, like you're here in this situation where you guys are partners to each other and you're not appreciating anything he's bringing to the table. So like, yeah, you can't just like continuously put him. I just have a problem with people who are like, I'm going to complain about every single thing in this situation and then take no action to change it. Like Mm -hmm. that's that I think is the core. It's not like women should work or women shouldn't work or men should provide or not for all of that. It's like if you have a problem, you're a fully grown adult person who can go fix the problem, Mm -hmm. especially if you have such a high fucking IQ. So, uh huh. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And in a lot of the other conflicts that we see with these couples when they're like, this isn't an issue of this couple not being on the same page about a few topics. Like, even if you look at a Yara and Jovi, like, Yara is unhappy with Jovi's work schedule. She's suggesting that he gets a new type of job. She's suggesting that they open a salon together. Like, that's an example of even though they're not on the same page and she has a lot to complain about, this bitch is offering solutions. She's thinking, like, creatively and trying to think mm-hmm. of, like, an option. Like, she's coming to the table with a, this is what I want. Fucking Natalie... All she's like her complaints are just about everything about Mike it's also and like, the way that he lives his life. By the way, honey, shrimps are animals. So you're <laughs> eating animals that someone murdered for you. Just FYI. That shrimp was murdered for you, Natalie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was a living shrimp, you Natalie jerk face. Yeah, that I I I just need to get her off. She sucks so fucking bad. And like, bitch, do your makeup better. I can't handle the bad lipstick. I can't handle the like, is it like just, is it a, is it a foundation bronzer stick that she's putting on her cheeks like a crayon? I think that it's a, it's a powder that she's overdoing and sometimes it looks fine and sometimes it looks horrendous. More, I have more so have a problem with the liquid black eyeliner all around the eye and inside the eye like I'm in middle school again, you know, so that's a hard look to pull off, and it certainly does not belong on your face with a bright pink lipstick. <laughs> I wonder if – I like having this theory, kind of like how we talk about – I think you were the first person who, correct me if I'm wrong, theorized that Nicole Kidman's wig person doesn't like her on Big Little Lies. Did you say that? No, I, you said that. Oh, well, then someone else told me that theory of just like that – you, you're watching the show and her, her wigs just don't look great. Yeah. And Nicole Kidman looks great in almost everything, but she doesn't look good in Big Little Lies, which makes me think that the hair people on Big Little Lies don't fucking like her. Mm-hmm. And it, I wonder if there is an element of that with 90 Day where when they come to do their testimonials, if a producer is more of a fan of one person, if they might be like, hey, like Yara, there's a little bit of a lipstick on your teeth or there's like an eyeliner under your eyelid. Or if they just have like a completely hands off, like almost like a ethnography type of like, we're just here to observe. We're not getting involved sort of science. I personally think it's that one because there is very little production value in this show compared to Bravo. And it's kind of like, why you watch you know yeah 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 this is true uh yeah and rebecca has like full lipstick on her teeth in every testimonial. oh yeah and i can't i think that they would probably think she's sweet but yeah i just want to give out pairs of fake eyelashes to everybody you get a fake eyelash and you get a fake (laughs) eye like all of them would look so much better with all the makeup they're wearing if they had fake eyelashes yeah um anything else should we what do you think uh, let's quickly touch on Southern Charm. Oh, I don't even know what to say. I'm so disappointed in this season. Um, yeah. It was, yeah, it's hard. You know, I think it's like once you fully remove Thomas from the equation, it's hard to root for Catherine. I think they made some progress with that conversation at the very end of the episode, but it sucks that, you know, she needed her hand held that much. Um, mm-hmm. It looks like she's going to be a monster at the reunion because she lost a bunch of weight. (laughs) 
Yeah, it was interesting that the last thing it said to her is like, all right, if you want to be anti-racist, you need to do the work. And then the next scene I saw of her, she lost like 50 pounds and dyed her hair blonde. And I was like, oh, that's not the work they were talking about. (laughs) But good for you. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't think that she's capable of getting it. She just has no idea of understanding like anyone else's life experience because she's so she's very possessed by how hard her life has been and so mm-hmm. and it's like you have a lot of advantages you know I mean you've been through some yeah. bad stuff but like you're okay now and you should sort of maybe look outward instead of no she's a little too egocentric to figure that out yeah it's, it's just disappointing about her it is I think the season was disappointing like we had high hopes which we've like gone on record saying but um you know it it, it was what it was yeah uh, for sure I thought level was great um you know, there were some nice moments, but overall, I'm just like, you know, I really don't know if we can have Catherine on the show anymore, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It'll. I, I'll still watch the reunion. I'm still going to probably watch those, but we'll just, it's not as great as we thought it might have been. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and also, you guys, next week we have some, like, sort of changes coming to the podcast that will be exciting to talk about. Um Right? Yeah, for sure. Um, Um, So that's going to be fun. Yeah, we have some like some cool stuff happening. Hopefully we're going to be, you know, expanding this thing um, and tune in next week and we'll post on Instagram about it, too. Uh, Yeah, we're we're pumped. We're pumped to Uh, go on the next part of this journey with each other. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The next part of our journey. Uh, But yeah, we'll, we'll 